Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and I'm both an apologist and a charismatic, so I seek to bring balance between rational thought and spiritual realities. I think you'd agree most charismatics emphasize experience and non-charismatics emphasize biblical knowledge. However, I'm convinced God desires for us to enjoy a balance of the two in order to more fully live the life that Jesus exampled. This is part three of a podcast series on advancing God's kingdom. Today, I want to emphasize the vital importance of our intentionally partnering with God as expressed in a recent word I received from God. If you've listened to this program before, then you have a pretty good idea of how God has shall I say, gifted me? (laughs) If you haven't heard this program, then I believe it's only fair that I inform you in advance. In the same way we read warning labels on bottles of medicine that state, do not drive or operate heavy machinery while under the influence of this medication, I also come with a warning. Let me explain. When I was speaking during a conference one time, a woman shouted from the audience, ouch, that hurt, but hit me again. Another time, a woman said about me, Pamela Christian is precisely the velvet hammer the church needs today. And the one I liked the best was stated to me after I'd finished my last message of a weekend conference. The man looked me straight in the face and said, You're the nicest bully I've ever met. So that gives you an idea of what you can expect from me. As I sought the Lord for this podcast, I realized God was giving me an extra measure of giftedness for you today. I'll be speaking the truth in love, so don't say I didn't warn you. Recently, when seeking the Lord, I heard, Break the curse. Arise and shine, for this is the day. This is the time. I'm calling you out, and I'm calling you forth. I'm calling you to the new spirit I put in you the day you genuinely called out to me. Listen to me with your new spirit. Cast off the old man and the mindset of your natural man. When you operate from your natural self, your old nature, you are cooperating with the devil. It is the devil who seeks to keep you down, fearful, immobile, and ineffective. I am calling you up to a much higher place than you've ever known. Arise, my daughters. Now is the time of the Esther anointing. Arise, my sons. Now is the time for the Mordecai anointing. Listen to me with your new spirit. Close your eyes and focus your mind on me. I am Jesus, the one who has fully demonstrated my love for you. I gave my life for you. My life now lives within you. You are no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with my very own blood. My love for you is holy, pure, and unending. You have not properly kept your focus on me. You have allowed your focus to be on what the enemy is doing instead of what I have done. What I have done has already completely and utterly defeated the enemy. You must not fear. When you allow fear into your soul, you give the enemy power. Look only to me. Look at what I have already done. What I have done has eternal impact on all things. Eternal impact means power over the past power over the present, and power over the future. There is nothing the enemy can do to harm you unless you give him leeway. The enemy has no power over you unless you focus on him. Choose willingly, choose deliberately, choose with all your strength to turn your focus on me and to maintain your focus on me regardless of circumstances. 
I am the light of the world. It is my light through you that dispels darkness, that exposes evil and corruption wherever it exists. I have been shining my light on evil and corruption this year like never before in your lifetime. I'm calling you forth to be my beacons of light in this dark and dying world. Too many of my people have been in hiding. Some have been in hiding because of fear of the enemy and the havoc he's wrecked on this world. Some have been in hiding in preference for the allures of the world and focus on themselves and satisfying their own desires. Others have been in hiding because they are deceived and don't properly know me. I am calling you out. All of you who belong to me, I am calling you out now. I am calling you to come forth, to walk in the light, and to be the light. It is in this light where you will see clearly. It is my light that will purify you. It is in my light that you are completely safe. It is from my light that you must now operate. My sons and daughters, this is the day. This is the time that I'm calling you out and I'm calling you forth. Clearly, the Lord is asking you, is asking all of us to hear him, to step into his light and to be prepared to operate in the victory he has already secured for us. Based on that word from the Lord, then, this podcast will help us explore and embrace the Esther Mordecai anointing. What is the Esther Mordecai anointing? Well, Esther and Mordecai were strategically positioned by God. Esther and Mordecai were physically and spiritually prepared in advance. In response to Mordecai's wisdom, Esther appealed to the people of the nation to soberly pray and fast. Mordecai realized Esther was positioned by God to appeal to the governing authority, to appeal to the king. Unless Esther acted according to the Mordecai wisdom, their lives and the lives of all of God's people would surely be lost. Esther was willing to risk her life by seeking the king's audience without being summoned, but she did so realizing she had a unique opportunity to bring glory to God. I believe God wants to pour out the Esther Mordecai anointing on every individual devoted to Jesus to expose the evil seeking to destroy God's people. God is looking for people who will partner with him in this day to accomplish his will all for his glory. Will this be you? Years ago, I was in church when a visiting pastor gave the sermon. He asked us all to imagine ourselves sitting alone in a rowboat on a beautiful, clear, and glassy lake, surrounded with lush foliage and peaceful sounds of wildlife all around. Imagine the sun shining, but a cool, comfortable breeze wafting about. You pick up the oars, and you begin to row. You set the boat in motion, but with your back to your destination. Your eyes are open, but all you see is where you've been, not where you're headed. However, because you can clearly see where you've been, you have no concern for where you are headed. There is no fear in your destination because you clearly see where you've come from. Your confidence is not in looking at where you're going, but where you've come from. This is the confidence Jesus is asking of us in this time we are living. We are to have confidence in what he has done with certainty of faith that what he has done assures our hope and our future. Our unwavering faith will bring us to our God-intended destination. We must realize fear is of the enemy, and any time we find ourselves given to fear in any measure, we must take charge over it. It is the enemy who is trying to prevent us from our hope and our future. Let us soberly realize whenever the enemy increases in power and influence, it's because God's people have permitted it.
Jesus has given us everything we need to live in victorious abundance. Everything. Consider the people of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. They had the promise of the coming Redeemer. They had the occasional visitation of the Holy Spirit. By faith in the promise, they did tremendous exploits. The great men and women of faith in the Old Testament accomplished great feats by faith, laying the foundation and revealing the steps or strategies we need to build upon. Jesus himself lived during the days of the Old Testament. He came because he was and is the promised Redeemer. During his life, he spoke of the kingdom of God being at hand. But once he gave up his life, once he willingly spilled his life's blood, once he died as our substitutionary sacrifice for us to pay the debt of sin we owe but cannot pay, once he was crucified, then miraculously raised back to life, the kingdom of God was no longer at hand. It was fully established on earth, fully accessible, fully operational. Jesus came to fulfill the law of sin and death, closing out the Old Testament and ushering in the New Testament, the new and better covenant. We who are alive today can look back on the fulfillment of God's promised Redeemer and shake off any fear or concern for our present day or our future. All the works of the enemy no longer have any bearing on us because of what God has already done. Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death and opened up a new and better way. The enemy is a thief, a destroyer, and a liar who comes in the night. He makes his progress when God's people have let their guard down, which makes us responsible for the increase of evil. Jesus taught his disciples that he himself was the fulfillment of the law of sin and death, and that under the new covenant we have a better way, the way of love, God's love. Love covers all sin and conquers all fears. But let's make sure we understand the love of God. God's love is not paper hearts, doilies, and chocolates. God's love is not sappy, dreamy-eyed, or emotionally overwhelming. God's love is fierce. God's love is mighty in power. God's love is steely focused and immensely protective. God's love is jealous. God's love is violent. It's God's love that must run in and through us. We must cultivate God's fierce and forceful love in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, in every fiber of our being. And it is this fiercely tenacious love of God that we must display toward others. For too long, the church has emphasized Jesus as the Lamb of God at the detriment of recognizing him as the Lion of Judah. Jesus was and is the Lamb of God in his willingness to lay aside his deity and take on human form to be our substitutionary sacrifice to pay the debt of sin and fulfill the law of sin and death. But ever since he was raised from the tomb, he has been the Lion of Judah, a fierce lion, ever proclaiming his ownership of the earth, demanding his kingdom authority, which he established to reign and rule on earth as it is in heaven. For too long, the church has been weak and ineffective, not properly representing or demonstrating the love of God. For too long, people who are called by God's name have been focused on the things of the world instead of being focused on the kingdom of God. For too long, God's people have been prone to immobilizing fear instead of effective faith. This is why the world has suffered as it has this year. The church has been acting 
like the Israelites of the Old Testament who repeatedly drifted away from God and His ways, hearkening instead after the things of the world, after lusts and allures and idol worship. Anything that is esteemed higher than God is an idol. God is a jealous God. God is fiercely protective. He will not allow those He loves to continue in ways that draw them away from Him. He will do whatever it takes to get our attention and draw us back. The most supreme demonstration of his fierce love was and is the person of Jesus, the same Jesus who demonstrated righteous anger using whips and turning over the tables of the money changers in his temple. This same Jesus who used harsh words for the religious Sadducees and Pharisees of his day, the same Jesus who harshly rebuked his disciples for lack of faith. When God delivered the Hebrews from the tremendously oppressive enslavement of the Egyptians, he did so with radical plagues that brought suffering and destruction. The people who did not honor or acknowledge the one true God were subjected to tremendous demonstrations of God's power and intentions for his people. We need to realize that we, just like the Israelites, have been moving ourselves more and more into the camp of the enemy, into the enslavement of the enemy by our personal life's choices that are inconsistent with the will of God for our lives. God has permitted us here in America to experience the consequences of our own choices to the point that we are finally crying out to God, finally realizing we have once again gotten ourselves to a place where we cannot help ourselves. We need someone greater than us to deliver us. 1 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 reads, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The coronavirus has impacted people worldwide. It's a plague God has allowed to wake us up, to cause us to realize the error of our way, to realize the tremendous advancement of the enemy while we slumbered. God has permitted this plague to be among us to forcefully cause us to turn from our own ways and willingly embrace God and His ways. Understand, the kingdom of God is here now, and Jesus has appointed those of us who belong to Him to be joint heirs with Him, to co-reign and co-rule, not in the world to come, but in this world, here and now. As partners with Jesus, we are to establish and maintain victory over the enemy. Unfortunately, just like the Israelites, we have drifted from our rightful alignment with God. And just like God corrected the Israelites to bring them back, so is God dealing with us today. As I sought God in 2019, looking ahead to 2020, God allowed me to learn that we were leaving the decade of the Hebrew year 5779 and entering into the Hebrew decade beginning with 5780. We were leaving one decade and entering an entirely new decade. The decade of the 5770s was the decade of the I or Ayan, the year to have our focus enlightened. The decade of 5780 is the decade of the mouth or pay. This is the decade we are to proclaim what we saw so God's kingdom will is done on earth as it is in heaven. In this current decade, we are to speak forth God's will and see it done. That said, is it any wonder the enemy's efforts included having us wearing masks?
this year. An excellent article by Mario Murillo titled, Why We Must Speak Now or Forever Hold Our Peace, is a critical read for us in America today. I'll have a link to this article in the show notes. It was September of 2019 when I sought the Lord for the new year. During that time, God filled me with a great optimism for the first year of this new decade, confident it would be a time of seeing His justice. My enthusiasm for crossing the threshold into this new decade beginning with 5780 and correlating with 2020 was unquenchable. Even when the announcement of COVID-19 was given, even when travel was banned, even when we were told to shelter in place, even with the economy that had soared, tanked, even when we learned of job losses and businesses closing, even when reports came of people dying, even when restrictions were placed on proven therapeutics that could combat the pandemic, even when racially impacted evil raised up, even when riots and looting took place, even when political leaders seemed to be cooperating with the enemy of God, allowing the destruction to continue, my enthusiasm for what God revealed did not wane. You see, in order for God to administer justice, he must first expose what is unjust. This is what we've seen in this first year of this new decade. The Hebrew year 5780, which overlaps with 2020, has been the year of exposing corruption wherever it exists. All of the seven mountains of society, religion, government, business, education, family, arts and entertainment, and the media have all been impacted. There is no place that is not visible to God. There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. We've just again come through the Jewish New Year and Day of Atonement. Rosh Hashanah, or the Jewish New Year, was September 18, 2020, and Yom Kippur was September 28th. We've entered the second year of this new decade. Whether you realize it or not, God has been causing you to be reflective, contemplative, and open and vulnerable before Him. As we have observed and have experienced the events of this year, most everyone has become contemplative, self-reflective, because God has our attention. He wants all of us to humble ourselves, to cry out to Him, so He can hear our prayer and heal our land. We've entered the Hebrew year 5781 and are soon to enter the year 2021. It's vital we hear God today and respond to His call to break the curse, to arise and shine. This is what He is expecting of us in this day. Jesus commissioned all of His disciples to participate in what we know as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18-20 is where we find the commission that's placed on every believer, everyone who is a follower of Jesus. Over the past several decades, the church has not fulfilled her obligation. Christianity in America has been on a steady decline. Evil and corruption have increased to the point that evil is now done in the open, in plain sight. The restraining influence of the church on the culture has diminished so greatly that evil is rampant, and many of God's people respond in fear, the same fear that feeds the enemy. 1 Peter 4.17 clearly states God's judgment begins with the house of the Lord. And where else would it begin? God has given us everything we need to do His will. We have the fulfillment of God's promised Redeemer. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the entirety of the written Word of God, the Bible. We have far more to empower our faith than the people of the Old Testament had. Yet, we have responded to God and His ways in the same manner as the stiff-necked Israelites of the Old Testament. 
The church at large is ineffective and impotent. The church is not providing the example Christ wants us to, and even many who call themselves Christian live more like people of the world than people of the kingdom of God. The world considers the church irrelevant in our culture. How else could our government declare church as non-essential? Sadly, we've earned the reputation we have. I'm greatly disappointed about the precious few religious leaders of our day who have stood up to our government over banning our right to assemble. Government has even gone so far as to tell us how many people we can gather together at one time, or that we cannot sing out in worship, and we cannot even meet in our homes. I realize there are precautions that must be taken to slow the spread of disease, but the godless government has overstepped their authority and imposed on our constitutional rights. Where is the outcry from God's people? If we do not stand up for what is right, we will fall beneath what is wrong. I believe this year has been a great awakening call of God for his church to take her rightful place. What we're experiencing is not a political matter. It's a governmental matter. And I'm not talking about the U.S. government, but the government of the kingdom of God. We have been in the most contentious battle of good and evil like we've never seen before in our lifetimes. What looks like a political battle is in reality a battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Scriptures state, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. Proverbs 29.2 Here in America, we have a republic-style government, meaning it is a government for and by the people. We have the privilege of voting into office the leaders we believe can best represent our values. When we don't take that God-given privilege seriously, when we don't properly steward what God has given us, we suffer the consequences. In America, we cannot blame the devil for the increase of evil. We need only look to ourselves. And worse, our inaction or apathy doesn't only impact us, it impacts all the people in the world around us. We are coming upon one of the most critical elections our country has ever seen, as I see it. The world is watching to see what will occur. America's influence on the world is immense, and as Christians in America, our calling, our responsibility, is immense. I believe God has been calling out to his people in America for us to wake up, to realize the extent of the increase of evil in our country and how it has been permitted to expand in exponential strength over the past several decades. While we've allowed the church to be separate from many cultural and political spheres, the enemy has been able to infiltrate without opposition from God's people. And this reality is on the shoulders of the church. The radical increase of corruption and violence, where evil is no longer in hiding, but operating right out in the open has shocked many Christians because we were so uninvolved. We were utterly unaware of what has been taking place. Gratefully, God is merciful. And while we've been asking, where is God in all of this? God is asking, where are my people? Luke 18, 7-8, we read the words of Jesus. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Understand, when Jesus returns, he returns for those who have been persistent in prayer and watching for him. 
God has been raising up a remnant of his people to influence the nation for righteousness to prevail. This coming election here in America is, in my opinion, the most critical of our nation since its founding. What has appeared to be a political battle is, in reality, a battle against the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. As Christians in America, we must seek the Lord, become informed, and vote consistent with our values to push back the advances of evil that has been seeking to overtake us all. Since we are all to be good stewards of every blessing from God, it is, in my opinion, a sin for any Christian not to vote. If you don't think the ability to vote to elect those who will be our civil governors is a privilege, just ask anyone who has lived in an evil, socialist, communist, and Marxist country. We must intentionally partner with God to see His will done on earth as it is in heaven. God says to us this day, Break the curse! Arise! Shine! For this is the day! This is the time! I'm calling you out! and I'm calling you forth. God wants to pour out the Esther Mordecai anointing on every individual devoted to Jesus to expose the evil seeking to destroy God's people. God is looking for people who will partner with him in this day to accomplish his will, all for his glory. Will this be you? Next week, I will continue expanding on the word God spoke to me regarding the Esther Mordecai anointing. We'll look at specific steps we must take in partnering with God to restore righteousness and bring the church back to her essential position of influence. Until then, I pray and ask you to pray, consistent with 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14, and expect God to be the faithful God he has always been, even when his people are not faithful in return. There is hope if God's people will intentionally partner with him and become the kingdom warriors we were meant to be. At this time, I want to thank my sponsors, Virtual Shield, that provides you with internet privacy, allowing you to browse the internet without being visible to the marketing traps that will populate and interrupt your future browsing with advertisements. If you use the link I provided in the show notes, you'll be able to take advantage of the special trial period and subscription pricing. Please visit their site to learn more, knowing it's a sponsor I bring to you to help you with the services you need and to allow you to support me while availing of their services. I also want to thank Movi, a wonderful monitoring service that helps parents protect their children from predators and other internet invasions. My listeners have been extended a special 30-day trial period not available to the general public. Just click on the link in the show notes to learn more. And again, when you avail of their services, you support me and the podcast and ministry work I do. And as you look ahead to Christmas gifts for the little ones in your life, consider Leanne Mancini's beautiful children's book series called The Adventures of the Sea Kids. She developed this series to help teach children, eight and younger, how to live the Christian life. When raising her own children, she realized children's books mostly retold the stories of the Bible without actually working to impact children's character. So you'll love this beautifully illustrated award-winning book series. The link to learn more is also in the show notes. When you purchase any product through my links, you get the benefit of the goods and services offered, and you support me and the ministry work at the same time. I'm not a 501c3 organization, so donations are not tax-deductible. Instead, I try to bring you goods and services that you can enjoy and help me as well. This program, Faith to Live By, is a division of Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. 
a ministry that offers many different goods and services. There's my multi-award winning Faith to Live By book series, our travel division, my speaking and teaching ministry, my award winning blog, and more. I invite you to visit my main website, PamelaChristianMinistries.com. By the way, I list all my sponsors, show notes, and bonus items on Charisma Podcast Network and also on my own site, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about sponsors and partners. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If the platform you use to listen to my podcast allows, please also Provide me comments or input so that we can connect. Your comments and reviews helps the show to reach more people and spread the gospel and for people to learn how to better apply their Christian faith. Be sure to follow me on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at plchristian.com, at LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. If you'd like to be one of my insiders, subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. I offer you a choice of a free gift in appreciation for your subscription. And lastly, know that I invite you to connect with me, whether it be through email, my website, or social media. I really like finding out more about what's on your heart. And I ask you to tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Be sure to stop by next week to learn more about the Esther Mordecai anointing and what God is asking of us at this time. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.